What's the right way to eat this? I think, yeah, I think. Do I go plate to face or do yeah. I go yeah, it's fist mouth, to mouth? Your mouth directly on the plate. If you like your equipment, yes. Yeah, I think don't even bother with the utensil. Just shove it right in your face. Not going to be all snow. A wintry mix is forecast for the listening area. No, this is not the first episode of Wintry Mix Season 2. Sorry. That'll arrive in June. And yes, I'm cooking up an episode that will engage the whole EB-5 rigmarole in Vermont's Northeast Kingdom. Until then, VPR is on top of the story day to day. This is a listener's guide to Season 1, since most of you likely missed some episodes or are maybe just finding it now. I'm your host, Alex Kaufman. Alright, first of all, what the heck is this thing? Wintry Mix, this thing, is a podcast that revolves around the snow economy. Sure, that means a lot of skiing and snowboarding industry people, but if your livelihood is in any way attached to winter, you might be next. And we take suggestions. Four of the episodes from season one were directly due to listeners chiming in with topics, so thanks. Keep it up. Do it on Twitter, do it on Instagram, do it on Facebook, or you can email me, alex at wintrymixcast.com, and no, there's no E in Wintry Mixcast, or Wintry. It's W-I-N-T-R-Y. Okay. So let's see here. The first three episodes were sort of the uh, beta bunch, test runs. We caught up with John Stelzer, who is a competitive pro skier who happens to shred on a surface called Snowflex down in Virginia, which isn't snow. You know, someplace with your aunt, and you have to explain kind of what you do to people that don't ski at all. How do you do do that? Yeah, uh, just be like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I jump off things, and then there's metal railings, and they put them in the way on purpose, and you jump onto (laughs) them, and you keep in. Um, Yeah, I've... I think a lot of people don't really get it. So if you say, like, skateboarding on snow with skis, I think maybe people get it. The next guest was Tyler Fairbank, CEO of the Fairbank Group, who own and operate Jiminy Peak, Bromley, and Cranmore ski areas in Massachusetts, Vermont, and New Hampshire, as well as a growing green energy portfolio. Check it out if you like to hear from resort CEOs or have a specific interest in solar energy development. After that episode, it was time for the Beast of the East, so to speak. And since we try to avoid the PR people here on Wintry Mix whenever possible, I was able to grab the events and sponsorships guy, Jeff Alexander, who took quite the interesting career path. I picked up a job working with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, So I bounced around the Eagles uh, office from uh, maintenance department to ticket office to uh, I was a receptionist one summer. And uh, I was actually in sales for a bit and then... uh, I found this old Eagles costume they had, threw it on one day, and uh, ran around the office raising some hell. And uh, it was uh, the owner, the new owner at the time, we, right before they changed the logo colors and everything, said, hey, can you come to my kid's party? And kind of snowballed from there. Next thing you know, I created the new character with the new look, at the new logos, and uh, was doing Swoop. Uh, Swoop's the name of the character. I did it for uh, maybe about six, seven years, and about maybe 400 events a year. So uh, hard not to learn the event world when you're entertaining at these events. For so you're used to long. sitting in 84-degree suits. Oh, 
man, you know, that, was, that was back in the day before Under Armour came out with the first wicking shirts, you know, so you're, you're, you're sweating through cotton at that point. Our first three episodes were just useful enough to get us a green light for the season. And you'll notice that for in-studio episodes, I have a helper, the intern. Thank you goes out to Drew Foley from Linden State and Megan Elmaker and Derek McDonald from the University of Vermont for their willingness to roll with it. Moving on. As the snow guns were just starting to fire across the Northeast, it was time to talk snowmaking with a man who had his hand in the dirt, so to speak. Wildcat Mountain General Manager Brian Heon helped us out. Let me get you a couple of uh, questions from the Peanut Gallery internet audience here really quick before we let you go. Sure. Um, and these may or may not be good questions. Jawiz VT, why is there one always aimed directly at the lift during preseason? Is it just to get ice on my goggles? I presume he's talking about snowmaking there as far as you know the direction in regards to lifts and people not liking getting it all over themselves. Right, yes, that is the exact reason why. <laughs> um, we like to, to, to fr- freeze up. And then at the top, we actually sell goggles. So um, you need to buy a new pair. No, it has nothing to do with that. Uh, often the wind, especially at Wildcat, the wind can, can wreak havoc uh, quickly on a snowmaking operation. Um, you know, 100 yards up or down the, the trail, the wind's doing something completely different. Um, you know, sometimes the wind will quickly change directions and, and, and move where the snow's being made. Um, so that's, uh, that's the nature of the beast, unfortunately, on that we. Definitely try not to do that. Wanting to expand the scope of our coverage for episode five, I was able to get a hold of Jen Gurecki, who happens to be the leader of a women's ski and ride brand called Coalition Snow. She spoke to us from a roadside in Kenya. My understanding of that is that there's there are women who are being engaged in the design process, but that they're not at high levels in any of the the company. So at the end of the day, the majority, you know, almost every single ski and board company in the world, the entire executive team are men and men are making the decisions, which there's nothing wrong with men. It's just that women and men think differently. We want different things. We're just different people and different is, is fine. There's no problem with being different, but if you are trying to promote women and sort of advance them into the sport, you really need to do more than just have women, um, you know, within the company. You need to have them in, in high levels of leadership. And so we don't – there's a handful of companies that do, but it's definitely not the, the norm. Episode 6 was my first attempt at an episode from the field. The result was a ride to and from the Vermont Backcountry Forum in Rochester, Vermont, If you earn your turns in the green, white, Berkshire, or Adirondack Mountains, you'll likely recognize a voice, or three. Sticking with the traveling theme for number seven, I was at the Boston Ski Expo. This is a challenging place to produce an episode. It's loud and everyone just wants to sell you something, which is pretty boring audio. So after talking to some of the more interesting folk, including two-time Appalachian Trail thru-hiker Kerry Kish... I had to get creative with the salespeople. I just uh, hiked the entire Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine. Uh, 2,189.2 miles over 189 days. Did you uh, go through some shoes, lose some weight? I mean, what's the the before and after on that? (laughs) Yes. Well, between March 18th and October 4th, um, with all that walking, I lost uh, 32 pounds. And uh, it took me two pairs of very good boots to uh, make the whole trek. Nate, 
MC Salsa Spot Waterhouse, Ski and Snowboard School Director at Adatash and Wildcat Mountain. All right, here we go, hanging out at the Boston Ski Show, talking about Adatash and Wildcat, in case you didn't know. We got plenty of trails and plenty to ski. Three different peaks, come and ski me. We got groomers to keep it nice. We got trees to keep you off the ice. We got everything that you want to see. So come ski with Adatash, Wildcat with me. Huh. <laughs> Episode 8, we were back in the studio with an interstate plow driver. These guys put in some serious hours, though I guess not so much last winter. Sean LaFountain introduced us to the Vermont Agency of Transportation's wintertime responsibilities. Well, most of the time, the mailboxes that we see are damaged are, are not from the plow hitting it. It's actually from the snow, especially in wet, heavy snow conditions. As you're going by, the snow blowing off the end of the plow is hitting the mailboxes and knocking them off. And a lot of times it's because either, you know, the, the screws or the bolts or whatever are broken. Or it's not a 40-year-old in the great... mailbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's falling off and the snow's taking it down as, as we're going by. I mean, there's rare instances where it is hit with the wing for, you know, when a car crowds us over and, you know, the mailbox gets hit. But as a supervisor, that's part of my job is on the days that we're not plowing, you know, if I get any complaints, I go out and take a look at it and deal with it from there take measurements, see where the mailbox was, that sort of thing. But like I said, most of it is from the the snow taken off the post. Episode 9 was the first rendition of Alex is traveling with his family and tries to figure out an episode while on vacation. The result was a chat with Dennis Himes, the man who runs the J-Peak Ice House rink, which has changed the way they fill their hotel pretty substantially. I also talked to my kid. What do you have to say, little guy? Yeah, that's the fireplace, right. That's the fireplace. What's on your shirt? Monsters. Right, monster. And uh, what's on your feet? Socks. Socks. Yeah. What else is on your feet? Shoes. Yes, shoes. That's right. They're All right. Boots. Yeah, they are actually boots. All right, those are actually boots, and we are actually about to go ice skating and hear from Dennis Himes, the general manager of the J Peak Ice House here on Wintry Mix. Stay with us. You're going nowhere, Happy, and you're taking me with you. All you ever talk about is being a pro hockey player, but. There's a problem. You're not any good. I am good. You know what? You're a lousy kindergarten teacher. I've seen those finger paintings you bring home and they suck! Number 10 was fun because it was our first truly international episode. Cole Fawcett and Kristen Titford introduced us to life and skiing on the island of Newfoundland. Quality seafood in the world. So, I mean, cod is king here. And then then to wash it all down? Well, kitty vitty beer or screech. Screech is like our our special rum here. And if you want to become an honorary Newfoundlander, you need to be screeched in. And what does that entail? We can't tell you because it would ruin the surprise. you got to come and find out. But cod is involved. On a more local bent, episode 11 was a tour of the National Weather Service office in Burlington, Vermont. If you're a weather nerd like me, you took a lot away from this one. Tour guide, teleskier, and forecaster Paul Sisson had plenty to share. So you're at a dinner party, and you've got a skeptic who's just loud. He's had two martinis, and he wants to tell everybody that it's all a big hoax. What do you do? Do you just ignore that guy? Do you try to engage him and talk to him about science? Uh, How how do you handle that situation, either in person or on the Internet? You know, I think one thing that we do pretty well in the the weather service is um, we're paid by the taxpayers. We're paid to give the facts. And so um, it's pretty hard to dispute some of the facts that scientists, not only in the Weather Service, but around the globe, have come to the realization that, uh, you know, in this period of time that we've been monitoring uh, the weather, that 
you know, the, these are the facts. The temperature's gone up in Burlington three degrees in the last hundred years on average. I mean, we have our ups and downs, but the, the general trend is for the temperatures to be warming. So we just, we have our facts straight and, you know, that's the way to, to approach it. So I guess the short answer is you avoid that person. No, we, we'd have a very good conversation. <laughs> and you would both walk away unsatisfied. Yeah. <laughs> very good. All right, well, let, let, let's, keep, let's keep walking here and see what else we run into. Then it was Christmas. So I had a little fun repurposing TripAdvisor reviews into a holiday special. While my wife was enjoying the outdoor hot tub and facilities at the hotel, a couple of teenagers tossed their drinks at her from the overhead gondola and laughed at her. When I went to complain to the gondola operator, his attitude was, what do you want me to do about it? Our first ever Olympian on the program was Vermonter and mogul skier Hannah Carney. After three straight Olympic games, she let us in on life before, during, and after a gold medal. The highlight of your Olympic career, at least, uh, the gold medal, Vancouver. Uh, what's the month after that like to be a human being? Um, the month after winning a gold medal is really strange. I know that I will never experience uh, that amount of like sleep deprivation and stimulation um, ever again in my life. It was wonderful and just so exhausting because you have so many emotions coursing through your body. There's so many demands on your time. I mean, all positive, but people want to, your hometown wants to celebrate you. You want to experience the rest of the Olympics. Um, you get more fan mail than you'll ever get again. And yet you're still just you. I think it, there's a weird realization that you achieve like really the only major goal you ever set for yourself in sport, like a goal so high, you never actually thought you'd achieve it. And so when you do, there's certainly a weird letdown, like, uh, I did it. Now what? Episode 14 ended up being kind of ironic. We chatted with the organizers from two different backcountry events in the Green Mountains, which were both postponed for a year due to low snow. Better luck next time, dudes. Number 15 was a nice change of pace focused on an industry I had no idea about. Fruit trees, specifically trimming them, which is a purely wintertime pursuit, Blake Harrison helped to shed some light live from the orchard. And I would assume, I mean, in the last five years, it's kind of like IPAs and ciders have kind <laughs> right. of t taken over the world, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and yeah. has, has that changed anything drastically, either for you or, or, or for Vermont, as you know it, in the orchard industry, as far as the takeoff of cider locally and nationally? Yeah, there's different orchards are experimenting with planting different varieties that may not have market value beyond cider. Um, so... You know, varieties that you wouldn't necessarily want to eat, um, not dessert variety apples, uh, but ones that are particularly good for making cider. So a lot of orchards are experimenting with planting varieties um, that, you know, that'll be more marketable to the cider industry. But of course, that takes time. You know, you put them in the ground last year, you still got five years or so before you really know. For our 16th episode, I happened to be in Florida that week and talked my way into a ski shop. Yeah, they have ski shops in Florida. After that, it was time to go to the bar. Episode 17 was a unique attempt to capture a singing pub crawl in my hometown where participants sing at the patrons to cure their cabin fever. Has your performance evolved as you've uh, gone along or stayed pretty much the same? It stayed, uh, oh, it's gotten worse, that's for sure. <laughs> Have you heard us play yet? Ladies and gentlemen of the cork, our next group is called Spank the, I mean, um, Shock the Monkey. Monkey? Shock, shock. Three animal acts. And so please, listen up. Woo-hoo! <laughs> 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 
Next up, I had an unrelated trip to Colorado in the cards, which gave me the chance to bug the editorial team at Free Skier Magazine about all things skiing and not skiing. All right, true or false time, you ready? Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning is going to retire. True. Tom Brady is the best quarterback of all time. True. Nationwide is on your side. Uh, true. The growth of backcountry and skinning is due to social media humble bragging. I think that's true, too, to an extent. Utah has the greatest snow on earth. Uh... False. Learning to ski in the east makes you a better skier. Absolutely true. Snowboarding is on the decline. Absolutely true. The women are smarter. (laughs) Yeah, they're smarter than me. IPAs are overrated. Uh, I think that is false. Rocker ski design is a fad. False. A tiger would win a fight with a polar bear. Mm. With just three episodes to go in the season, I had the chance to interview Mickey Farah three-time Olympian from the Eastern European nation of Romania. Well, I, I, I received gifts from the Romanian community there in Calgary because it's, it's a fairly big community. I even had a, a meeting with, with a family that proposed that they would help me escape from Romania, which I denied because I, I wasn't ready at the time. For number 20... We put on our science hat and went deep into the technical world of snowmaking and energy usage with John McMurray from Efficiency Vermont. We, we are basically taking what the mountain is already gathering in, at most times. You know, the kilowatt hours that they're using for, to compress their air, how many gallons of diesel they're using at any one moment in time, and combining that with how much snow they're making at that moment at that temperature. We were able to kind of combine like dozens of, of these data points into one And we wanted it to be something that everybody could understand. Like, nobody cares about a kilowatt hour other than us. But they do care about dollars. And so we we had to put this in metrics that I think everybody were universally acceptable. And so we came up with this metric, you know, dollars per acre foot. To wrap up the season in the 21st episode, I followed a group of Norwich University college students on an ice climbing trip and interviewed their guide, Chris Wilkie, on the state of guiding and how to take on the ice. That, is, that carabiner is locked. All right, there locked we go. Locked and ready to go. All right. On belay? Belay on. All right. All right. Climbing? Climb away. It's kind of a trade-off with the soft ice. You have the easy swings, good sticks, but yep. get a little bit wet. Yep. Is there such a thing as basically uh, man-made locations? Um, not here in the Northeast, but, uh, they do have some locations that, uh, do have what's called, uh, ice farming, which is a really cool concept. It's, uh, essentially, so you take a, you know, some sort of vertical or sloped area, and then, uh, hold on! So, that was your listener's guide to Season 1. Thanks to Vermont Public Radio and their members. And since I don't directly ask you for money, I'm going to ask you to open up your iTunes account and do a search for Wintry Mix, whether you are subscribed or not. 
from that location, you can leave a review. It helps new people find the podcast, which helps us keep making more of them. It's not hard. Next time you're drinking a beer and playing with your phone, leave us a review. It'll make you feel productive and it's appreciated. Really, it is. And if you've made it this far, maybe you're curious why I'm talking at you as the host. Am I in any way qualified? Well, let's see. I went to school for broadcasting and meteorology, trained with Olympic skiers, but never went to the games. Spent the last 20 years working in the snow business, both as an hourly wage ski bum, but also as a corporate resort spokesperson and gear company marketer. I have just enough time next to my real job to partner with VPR on this project. Also, note that I'm not a quote-unquote journalist, nor am I trying to be. We shoot to be entertaining and informative, but opinions are allowed, and so are jokes. You can handle it. As of this recording, I am just starting to poke around for our Season 2 exclusive sponsor. So if that's your business, hit me up soon. Otherwise, it's likely to be claimed by the uh, competition. Thanks again to Vermont Public Radio and their members. Our theme music is by Adam Levy. And we have production support from Liam Connors and Angela Evansy. Blue button. Would you like an email for C? Uh, sure. Oh, well, no, you're going to put in your email. No. If you put your name in that box over there, we're going to email the crap out of you. If you give it to me now, it's just for the transaction okay. in case there's an error. Right. Like, there's two buckets. Alright. Kind of in the middle of recording right now. Oh, sorry. Coffee. Ooh, coffee? Yeah, here. Alright, just don't put it close to the blanket, because then I might knock it over without seeing it. You're good. Where, where is it? Okay, I'll see you in a few minutes. Thanks.